you but that is uh, that sure is my heart's desire to worship that's your loud to worship the Lord you know sometimes we come to church we just come to church but really when we come when we come to church we ought to come to worship the Lord we're here to meet with God and uh I don't know about you, but uh, I, I love I love that song because of the the imagery and the thoughts that come to your mind as you think about. Here is a deer. I w- I'll never forget. When I was going through Bible college a long time ago. I used to work at the Duke Power steam plant, and I was the security guard. And uh, there was, uh, uh, you know, the the the. Security guard station was just at the end of that, you know, the entrance. When you come in, they're right there at the end of the road. And so my window, as I was looking out, I looked out over Blues Creek. It was a beautiful sight. And I'll never forget one day I was over there. They only, you know, only got to, uh, I got to work a swing shift. I was work, I worked uh, uh, third shift two days, second shift two days. And then on sun, on uh, on some uh, Sunday or anything like that on a weekend, they would let me work. They let me work first shift, you know, something like that. But I'll never forget one day I was working down there at, during the day, and I saw, as I was looking out, I saw this deer run out from the thicket there. I mean, just all kinds of woods and thick, you know, thickets through there. So he comes out and it stops right there. And just it just it just stops, stands there, it looks around. You could tell it had been running. I mean, it was, you know, it was breathing hard. It was, it was, had been running. And I thought, man, isn't this a strange thing? Isn't this unusual? Here this deer just, just out of the blue, all of a sudden just runs out. He just stops. And then it just, just like that, he takes off. 
about 30 seconds later, about four or five dogs run out. And they stop right there. And then they take off. And you know what? It reminds me, every time I think about that song, I think about that deer. That deer was running for his life. I didn't know that. I thought he was just out, you know, playing around, having a good time. He's running for his life. Them, them dogs were after him. And he'd stopped there just for a minute. He thought, I've got to stop for a minute. I've got to get my breath. I've got to rest for just a second. And then he took off. And, you know, if you think about it, the deer, he longs sometimes when the world is after him. The devil is after him. He's got to stop for a minute. And he's got to, he's got to find some water. He's got to find some rest. And, you know, in a, in a, in a real sense, that's what church is all about. Hey, we, we, we get here, we, we, we've been chased all week long, and we've got to get some water. We've got to get some rest. And uh, that's what we're here for this morning. We're going to hopefully worship the Lord. We're going to magnify Him. We're going to lift Him up because, listen, what, what else is important? Nothing else is important. It's all about the Lord. It's not about us. Not about me. Not really even about the church. It's about God. He's, he, he's the one. Alright? And so let's look in our Bibles this morning to Psalms chapter number 73. I tell you, I, had a, I have had a time uh, going through figuring out what the Lord wanted me to preach. <laughs> you know, that's the, one of the hardest things for a preacher is to find out, God, what is it you want those folks to know? What, what do you want me to tell them? What, God, you... You're, you're going to tell me something. You, what, do you want, what do you want them to know? And so, uh, Psalm 73 is, is one of the great psalms. I hope that you will make some notes. I hope that you'll mark some things down because I guarantee you, I promise you, that this message right here would be a message that will help you not only today, but for the rest of your life. You know, it would be a message, this message, not because I'm preaching or nothing for sure, but because this, this message will be something that you will face the rest of your life. And it'll be something, uh, hopefully you'll see some things here that'll help you for the rest of your life. I've, I've used this message, I can't tell you how many times I've used it. Just can't tell you. Uh, how many times it has helped me. I, and I thought, I was thinking this morning as I, uh, as I was going over the message, I was thinking to myself... I wonder who has been helped more by this message. Me, <laughs> who's needed it time after time, or the people that's heard it. Well, I hope both both have profited. For I know I know this one has, and uh, I tell you, it is uh, it is it is something that has helped me for years and years and years. And uh, I, I can't I, I've never been able to get away from it. I believe God, without a doubt, gave me this message. Because he know he he knew I would need it. He knew I would need it. All right, and the outline is going to be re, is going to be really simple. But Psalm seventy three, verse number one, the Bible says this. And what we're going to do, we're just going to kind of go through this this passage of scripture here. And I'm going to give you some thoughts this morning. I hope that'll be a real help and encouragement to you. Now I took my phone out not so I can check, keep checking my messages because I can't see that little bitty clock back there. Did you do that on purpose so you could preach all you wanted to, not have to worry about it? Well, sometimes preachers will do that. I'll just tell you, they'll, they're tricky sometimes. But I put my clock up here so I can see it, so I can uh, 
be aware of the time. Not that it's going to matter, but you know, I just want to be aware of the time. All right, Psalm seventy-three, chapter uh, chapter seventy-three, verse number one. The Bible says, "Truly, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart." Now, as as we look at this, as as we look at this uh, verse right here, the first verse in here. Here is, here is the psalmist, Asa, and he, he's looking back over his life. Now he's going, I'm going to give you some looks here. Asa's going to be looking at, he's going to be looking at some things. I want you to see that as we go through here. Here he is looking back. He's looking back. Now, if I were to go around and I were to talk to you folks and I were to ask you this question, how many, how many of you believe that God is good to Israel? God is good to Israel. God's good to me. Is it, can you hear this all right? Does this sound all right? Okay, it's just, it's just a little bit different. All right. So y'all help me with this. If I get too close, somebody, y'all, somebody shout out. I think you're enjoying the message. And I want to keep me from... How many of you believe? Raise your hand if you believe it. God's good. How many of you believe God's good? All right. Now, every one of us would have said that whether we believed it or not, but in, especially in the church setting. But, but we all believe. We all think God's good. God's good to Israel. God's good to me. We, we believe that. But you know what? Asa, Asa, he believed that his whole life. I believe that. Asa was a good godly man. He raised a, he had a good family. He had, uh, uh, he was used in the, the revivals of Israel, some of the revivals of Israel. He was a, he was a musician. He was a music leader. His family was involved in the ministry. Listen, he, this was a good godly man, Asa. He, he, he had a good long heritage. And I believe, I believe that he loved God. I really do. And I believe that he believed that God was good. I, I really believe that. Just like we do. But we're going to see here that Asa is looking back. He's looking back over his life or what he has been through these last few months or I don't know how long, but maybe, maybe even years, but months for sure. He's looking back over his life and he says, you know what, when I was, when I was over here before I went through all this, I believe God was good. But now that I'm over here and I've lived through some things, I know God is good. I, not, I believed it here, but now I know without a doubt God is good. God has brought me through so many things. God has helped me in so many ways. He says, without a doubt, I know for sure God is good. God's good. Now, folks, listen. Uh, there, there's a there's a world of difference between saying God's good and knowing God is good. He knows God is good, and we're going to see we're going to see some things that he went through here, and uh, we're going to see some things that, that that really changed his life. All right. So he's looking back. He's looking back, and he knows without a doubt God is good. Now, I want you, I want you to see some things here. Here's where the trouble starts. <clears throat> Look in verse number 2. He says here, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Here was Asa, and he says, You know what? I've got my eyes off God. I'm starting to look around. You know, folks, can I just tell you that we get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. I'll get in trouble every time we get our eyes off God and we start looking around. We start looking around and we start watching and seeing what everybody else is going through or what everybody else is doing. He said, as for me, he said, listen, I'm in a bad place here. I'm in a slippery place. I'm in a place that is, that is going to lead me to the, lead me down the road of destruction. 
How many of you have ever slipped on something like ice or anything like that? I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I was roller skating one time. By the way, I don't roller skate. If you like roller skating, do it while you're young. Don't do it while you're if you got any age on you, because it causes a lot of problems. I can just tell you. I'll never forget. One day I was roller skating, and I'd roller skated for years and years and. And so I, I was out with this youth group one time, and this little girl, she fell. And I turned around, and I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to help her. And as soon as I made this little turn right here, I'm laying flat on my back. And I'm thinking, I don't know that I'm, I'm going to survive this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get up from this. You know what happens when you slip? You think you're all right. You think your feet are solid. You think your feet are on good ground. And the next thing you know, you're just like you, you, your feet have just slipped out from under you and you're gone. You know what? That's exactly what Asa, Asa was doing here. He's walking along, everything's going good, and all of a sudden his feet, his feet is going to come out from under him. Listen, look what happened to him. Here was the reason why his, he was in a bad place. Verse three, he says, for I was envious at the foolish, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You know what? As he's looking around, he says to himself, he, he's looking at other people and he's seeing what they're going through and he's thinking to himself, you know what? they got it better than I do. They, they, they're doing better than I am. And folks, I'm going to tell you, if we're not careful, we'll get our eyes off of God, we'll get them on other people and we'll think to ourselves, you know what? We're not doing all that great. God is really not all that good. He's really not all that good. We're gonna, boy, you, uh, you're talking about a dangerous place. You're in a dangerous place when that happens. He said he was envious. Can I tell you folks, anytime that we look at somebody else and we think to ourselves, I want what they've got, you are, you are headed down the wrong road. Now, I wouldn't ask you to raise your hand because I know, or I say I know, I feel like everybody, everybody has done this at one time or another. We've seen a real nice car go by on the road. We've, uh, you know, these Mustangs, these new Mustang, fastback Mustangs that they've got out, you know, they th those things sound really good. I mean, they'll go by and they've got this deep uh, roar to them and you'll just, you just naturally turn and you just watch them, you just look at them and you think, man, I'd like to have that. By the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with that unless, unless you start saying, you know what, I want, this is, you know, you don't deserve it, but I do. That kind of thing. Folks, listen. Be content with what God gives us. Be content with what, what you have. And boy, I tell you, we all, we all from time to time, we look at things and we think to ourselves, you know what, boy, I, I, I would, I'd like to have that. I'd like to live in that house. I'd like to drive that car. You know what? Sometimes we'll look at, sometimes we'll look at wicked people and we'll say, boy, I'd like to be like that. Not the wickedness, but those people, what they've got, what they do. Movie stars, sports stars, all kinds of people that we think that we think are so great. And folks, can I just just to be flat out on you know, those people are wicked. They're just un, they're ungodly people. We shouldn't we should not desire to be anything like those people. Because they're nothing like God. We want to be like God. That's, that's our desire. That's what our desire should be. And so here he is. He's envious at these people. And, and listen, as he goes down, we won't take time to read all these verses, but I'm t I tell you, there's so many verses here. Look at verse number, uh, verse number four. He says, they are 
for there are no bands in their death, their strength, even, even as they're dying, they're strong. Look at verse 5. They are, they are not in trouble as other men. They don't have the problems that I do. They don't have the trouble that I do. Uh, pride compasseth them about. Uh, look at their verse 7. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than their heart could, could wish. In other, words, in other words, they've got so much. They've got so much, their eyes are about to bulge out of their head. Boy, they've got it made. These folks, they've got everything going against, uh, going for them and nothing against them. I tell you, uh, it, it, it's a sad place. He's in a sad place. He's in a slippery place. They don't have the problems that I do. And by the way, Look at look at look down here in verse number eleven, and they say, "How doth God know?" And is there knowledge in the Most High? You know what? These folks are even these folks are even mocking God, and they're still being. It looks like still being blessed. It still looks like they're doing so much better than I am, folks. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Asa is at a bad place here in his life. Now, I want you to look, I want you to look at the the third thing is, and that is he looks within. He looks back, he looks around, now he's going to look within. And Oasa here is at a breaking point in his life. Listen, he's at a, he's at a crossroads. By the way, you know there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians, a lot of good people come to this crossroad and they take the wrong way. They come to the crossroads and they're, they're either going to keep following God or they're going to go off and leave God. They're going to forsake God. Folks, I'm telling you, happens all the time. Happens all the time. We see people leaving. We see... <coughs> We see people turn their back on God. We see people leave the church that used to be in church every single time the doors were open. And I tell you, you know, and I, can I tell you, it makes us wonder. It makes us, it makes us think to ourselves, what in the world is going on? What is wrong with the world today? And so here he is. He, he's looking within. He's at this breaking point. He's at this crossroads. And you know what? Now, folks, listen. Now, there's, a, there's probably a time, there's probably some of you folks in here this morning that have been at this place. I've, listen, there's, there's times I've been here, and I've thought to myself, you know what? It just doesn't pay to serve God. Hey, I've given it all. I, I, listen, uh, go, if you're in the ministry, when you go into the ministry, you know, I, and, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me or anything like that. It's not that at all. I just, you know, just being honest. But buddy, when you when you go into the ministry, I know when I when I went into the ministry, I, I tell you, it was the hardest thing in the world I've ever done in my life. You know, I was happy to be. You know, when I got saved, I was happy as I could be, just serving in my church, just just doing things in my church, and being faithful to my church. I was just just as happy as I could be. My wife. Uh, you know, we were both busy, and we were working, we were doing things, we were involved. Our, you know, our children were growing up, and and I, I, we was just as tickled as we could be. But you know what? God had a further plan for me, and He started working in my life, and He started moving me in a different direction. There, you know, and I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I resisted that thing. I really did. I, I thought, well, God, you you can't use me. You can't. I mean, I don't have anything to offer. By the way, if you had known me, if you had known me before I got saved, you you would have said, you know what, you're right. You don't need to be, you don't need to be doing anything for God. You're right about that. Uh, listen, when I was going through school, I hated school. 
if my poor English teacher, she was blonde-headed when when I went into uh, her class, and she's gray-headed when when we got through it. You know, it was it was it was a disaster. I tell you, she. Uh, God bless her. She she did the best she could. You know. Uh, listen, I hated school. I, if you told me, if you had told me when I was going through school that one day, hey, one day you'll be preaching, you, you'll be standing up in front of people, and you'll be talking to people in front of, uh, you know, in front in front of everybody, I'd said, no, no way in the world. That's not going to happen. Never. That would never happen. And you know. It's a funny thing how, how God does things, how God works things around. But, you know, so here I am and all that. But, but you know, listen, I, 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 I had no desire to be uh, in the ministry or anything like that. When I was, uh, when, when I was uh, uh, before I went to the ministry, before I surrendered to preach, listen, I was making, I was making, a, I was making a good living. I was doing, you know, we were work, I was working. My wife was able to stay home with the children and all that. And uh, listen, we were doing things, and we we had everything we needed, and we were I thought we were doing good. And uh, when when God called me to preach, I surrendered. I had to go and quit my job. And guess what? Uh, I I took a job doing anything I could take. My salary went from what it was to half. The first, I mean, the very, I mean, immediately went to half what I was making before. Still had the same bills. Still had everything the same. The next year, I even made less than that. By the way, it was when I what I'm talking about when I was when I quit my job. I was making, uh, uh, or when I was going through Bible college, I was making less than ten thousand dollars a year. Three children, man. But you know what? And was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. But you know what? God met every need. God supplied every need. And you know what? I could I could have been like Asa, and I could have said, "Truly, God is good." But you know what? I'm telling you, folks. Sometimes we get our eyes off God. We start looking at other people, and we think they got it better than we do. They're wicked as the devil. They're not serving God. They're not even trying to serve God, and they're doing they're doing better than I am. Uh, they're 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 they're, they're uh, they don't even seem to have any problems. Look at look at what verse number twelve. Behold. These are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verse 13 says, Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, it just, I thought it did, but it, it just doesn't pay to serve God. It doesn't pay. And folks, listen, I'm telling you, he's at a bad place here. He's at a place to where he's get, he's either going to have to He's either he's either going to st- keep on with God, stay with God, or he's going to turn his back and leave. Now I'm talking about I'm not talking about just anybody. I'm talking about a good godly man here. Love I believe he loved God. But folks, listen. I'm, what I'm saying is, even the best, even the best preachers get discouraged. You know, uh, missionaries, uh, evangelists, you name it, doesn't make any difference. People get discouraged. And people get their eyes off God. And I'll tell you, when you get there, it's such a dangerous thing. It's such a dangerous place. And, uh, and he, he got to the place to where he says it just doesn't pay to serve God. Now folks, listen. When you get that place, when you get there, guess what you need? You need some help. You need help. You need help. Hey, when we get our eyes off God, we need help. When we get discouraged, we need help. And I tell you, when we get to the place to where we're thinking that the world has it better than we do, 
Folks, listen, we need some help. Now, I don't know about you, but there's not very many places you can go as a Christian for help. You know that? Not very many places. But you know what Asa did, and I'm glad he did. And he gives us, it gives us, it gives us the pattern for what we need. Look at verse number 17. He said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Now we'd say it today, until I went to church, until I went to God's house, until I went down there and heard what the preacher had to say, until I went down there and met with God, until I went down there and God spoke to my heart, God did something in my life. Until I went there, folks, listen, I tell you, I was, I was almost ready to turn my back on God. Folks, I'm going to tell you, here was a man that was desperate. Here was a man that was at the end of his road. But thank God he went to the house of God. Thank God he went and heard what God had to say. Folks, I, I tell you, if God speaks to your heart, if God will get a hold of you, folks, listen, everything's going to be all right. Folks, things will turn around. You know, there, there is nothing, there is nothing that helps there's nothing that can change more than the Word of God. I, I'm going to tell you that I don't, I don't know of a better solution, a better antidote, a better, a better medicine than the Word of God. I don't know, I don't know anything that can help any more than this book right here. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you, there, uh, uh, li listen, the Word of God, the Bible tells us that the Word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any, any two-edged sword. Listen, this right here is what we have to base our life on. This is what we have to live by. This is what we have to live on. And just like we talked about before, you know, listen, when you get tired, you've got to have some rest. When you get, when you get thirsty, you've got to have some water. When you get hungry, you've got to have some food. And you know what? That's exactly what the Bible is to the Christian. It's all those things. Listen, if you want, if you want peace... It's right here. If you want nourishment, it's right here. If you want help, it's right here. God wants to help us. God wants to help us. Listen, He looks up. He looks up. He looked within, and boy, He saw all kinds of problems. He looks up, and He gets some help. He got His vision back. He got His eyes on God, not Himself, and not on others. You know, folks, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, you know, every one of we're all human beings. And when we go through things and we go through troubles and difficulties, you know, it's easy to get our eyes off God and get them on ourselves. Oh, you know, woe is me. And I'm not, listen, I'm not minimizing problems because I know there, people have problems. People have difficulties. Well, listen, would you agree that this last year, the year of 2020, has kind of magnified every problem that's ever been on the face of the earth? I'm telling you. Everything that you could think of this year, I think this year it's worse than it's ever been. You know? It's just, I mean, it's just, it's just that kind of year. Well, folks, listen. I, let me, let me tell you what the problem is. They, the world has turned their back on God. You know, <clears throat> I almost, I, you know, and I, I was studying this week about, uh, I was studying about revival. And God, God said, listen, when He was talking to Solomon, He said, when, he said, if, if the rain doesn't come and your crops are not growing, if the pestilence 
are coming and they're destroying your crops. And he goes on and on. These folks, you know, they lived off the land. They were agricultural people. And if they didn't have a good crop, they didn't eat that year. They, you know, they were devastated. So, you know, sometimes we don't understand that, but that's what, that's what was going on in Bible days. And, and, and God was talking to Solomon. He said, if these things happen or when these things happen, Mark it down. It's because I'm trying to get your attention. God is talking to Solomon and he's saying, listen, listen, when this happens, here's what you got to do. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from what? Their wicked ways. God says then, when, when that happens, you meet those steps, God says then something's going to happen. I'll hear. Listen, God God is waiting to hear. God says, I'll hear from heaven. I'll hear you. I'll answer your prayer. I'll, listen, I'll send the rain. I'll, I'll bless. I'll pour out blessings upon you. Folks, listen, our, our land is in need of revival. We need revival. This church needs revival. This city needs revival. Folks, listen, God's got the answer. All we got to do, all we got to do is go to Him. Humble ourselves and pray, and seek His face. God says, listen, when you do that, He's going to start working in your behalf. Listen, He looks up. He got His vision straightened back out. And got His eyes on God. You know, when He sees, when, when he sees that, his, like I said, His vision straightens up. He starts looking right. He starts thinking right. He says this, verse 18, Surely... Thou's did set them in slippery places. You know, Asa said, Asa said to himself, I, I'm in a slippery place. But you know what? He says, really, it wasn't me in a slippery place. These people were. He said, surely thou didst set them, the lost, the lost world, set them in a slippery place. Thou casteth them down into destruction. You know what he's saying? He's saying, listen, the lost man, while he's here on this earth, you know this is this is as good as it'll ever be for him as a lost man. This is as good as it gets. It'll never get. It'll never, it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse when he leave, when he dies when he leaves this world. It's going to get it's going to get worse. But for the Christian, this is as bad as it'll be. This is bad as it is. This is bad as it gets because when we leave this world, we're going to be in heaven forever. I just just let me show you one thing real quick as a as just as a side thought, you know when Asa was saying he had he was on slipper ground here, uh, and and he, and then he figures out he really wasn't on slipper ground, but the the lost world was. You know the reason why he wasn't it didn't matter if he was on slipper ground. Look at verse twenty three. He says, "Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holding me by my right hand." Do you know if God is holding your hand? It don't matter if you're on slippery ground or not. It don't matter if you're on sinking sand or not. It doesn't matter what kind of ground you're on. If God's got you by the hand, He's going to hold you. And you ain't, got, you ain't going to have to worry about falling. Listen, when God is holding on to you, you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about slippery ground. Well, can I just tell you that, you know, God has something for us. He sure does, and uh, listen, he 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 loves us. Now, like I said, this is the this is the uh, the best they'll ever have it. This is the worst we'll ever have it. 
And here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying at the, at, at the last. Look over in verse number 28. He says, But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord, Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. There's three things that, that he's telling us here. First of all, we're to draw near to God. Draw near. Do you know, do you know one of the, one of the, should be one of the easiest things in the world for a Christian? You see, God is our Father. And, and He loves us with all, I mean, He loves us with everything that He is. He is love. And it ought to be the easiest thing in the world for a Christian to draw near to God, to get near to Him. God, you know, He tells us, He wants us to draw near. He wants us to be close to Him. He doesn't want us to be far away. He wants us to be close to Him. And He says, draw near to God. And then He says, the second thing is to put your trust in God. Draw near. Put your trust in Him. Listen, God is going to take care of everything. Now, you know, God's not nervous about what's going on. God's not nervous about the election. I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit nervous about it. God's not nervous. Not at all. He, he's, he's, just, he's just fine. He's not nervous about what's going on you know, in the streets, the riots and all the things going on. He doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about that at all. Not at all. And you know what? If God's not worried about it, and He can do anything He wants to, He can change it with just a snap of His fingers. He can change it with just a thought in His mind. God can change it all. God could stop it all. God could change it all around. God's not worried about it. So why in the world would I worry about it when I can't do anything about it? God could do anything He wants to. I can't do anything. And I'm the one that's worried about it. God's not worried. So why should we? So put your trust in Him. Draw near to Him. And then He says, Declare all my words. Declare. You know, you know one of the greatest witness tools that we have the greatest witness that we have as a Christian is when we brag on God. When we brag on God. We just, tell, we just tell what He's done for me. Asa said, listen, God's good. He's, you know what He's doing? He's bragging on God. God's good. You go to work, you go down there on the job, and you start, instead of complaining, instead of fussing at the, about the boss, or instead of fussing about how hot it is, or whatever, if we went there and started bragging on God, you reckon it'd make any difference? Think it'd make you think it'd change anything? I, I believe it probably would. Bragging on God, you know. Sometimes Christians, I mean, the lost the lost world looks at Christians and say, "Well, if that's if that's what if that's what it does to you to be <laughs> if that's the way you you know if all these things are going against you, everything's bad. I don't think I want that. I'm doing just as good as they are." You know, listen, God, God's good. God's, God's taking care of us. God loves us. By the way, if God didn't do another thing for us, didn't do, I mean, He didn't ever do another thing for us. Hadn't He done enough? I mean, when He saved us, I mean, no matter what we go through here, here on this earth, listen, God saved us. He's going to take us to heaven. I don't know about you, but I, I think that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. 
So many things in this world will let you down. But you know, God will never let you down. God never let you down. And I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know about you this morning, but I hope, I hope that something was said to be an encouragement to you. Maybe you're at the place to where, you know what, you just didn't know, you just don't know if, if it's worth serving God. You just don't know if it, if it just pays to serve God anymore. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it, it sure does. What's the world? Do you remember what Peter said? Jesus said, well, what, what are men saying about me? What, what do, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, so are y'all going to turn away? Y'all going to go away too? And Peter said, you know, if he, ever, if he ever got it right, he got it right there. Peter, are you going to go away? And he said, where are we going to go, Lord? <laughs> where are we going to go? You going to go back out in the world? You going to go out, go out and live for the devil? You going to go out here and think somebody's going to help you and take care of you? Well, folks, I just tell you, they're not. God will, though. God will take care of you. God will love you. And I tell you, we don't have we don't have any place to go but to the Lord. And He sure is ready and welcoming you if you'll come to Him. Maybe maybe you're a little bit discouraged this morning. Maybe maybe you just want to come and. And uh, and thank God for how good He is, how good He's been to you, all the good things. I'm gonna tell you, you know, uh, uh, me and your pastor was talking the other day about some things, and you know, during this time, our church, you know, people have been wanting to come back to church. I mean, they've been, I mean, they've been doing everything they can to get back in church. They want to be in church during this time. The giving, the giving, even when they nobody was able to come for weeks. That, Weeks there, people still came by and dropped off their tithes and offerings. I tell you, man, that's, that has been a blessing. That has been an encouragement to see that and think, man, here's folks that's not even able to come to church, but they still realize that the work of God's got to go on. And uh, been faithful to give. And he was bragging on you folks about how faithful you've been to give and all that. I tell you, man, uh, it, it, it's just amazing. It's amazing. And God has blessed and God has took care of your needs and our, our church's needs and, and the work of God has just continued right on. I tell you, that's, that's a blessing. That's, that's, a, that's a testimony to the world that God is good. Let's bow our heads if we could. And if God spoke to your heart, we're going to play a stanza of an invitation, give you an opportunity, give you an opportunity to come. And I don't know exactly how everything goes here at this church, but I know at our church we always just have a stanza of an invitation and we just invite people to come. And uh, if God has spoke to your heart in any way, you need some help, you need some encouragement, uh, you need somebody to pray with you, whatever would be that God has spoke to your heart about, then you need to come. You need to come do business with God. She's going to play a stanza, and, and as the music is playing, you come. Would you do that? God has spoke to your heart. God wants you to come. God wants you to do uh, what He's spoke to your heart about.
One of the best things in the world you can do when God is speaking to your heart, when God is doing something in your life, is to respond and put some action to what He's trying to do in your life. This is a good place to start this morning. Won't you come? You may be here this morning, and I know we didn't preach about being saved, but you may be here this morning and don't know what it means to to be saved. You don't know you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know your heart this morning. God has spoke to us. You come, would you? You need help? Come on. We'll pray for we'll pray with you. God is waiting and wanting to help you this morning. Would you come? God has spoke to your heart. Brother, Pastor, you come on. <clears throat> Brother Vernon, I'm going to ask you, Miss Debbie, if y'all head on to the back doors or go out there by the front doors, I should say. Not back doors. but uh, So folks can greet you on the way out. And uh, and uh, thank you again, my friend, for coming this morning. And we appreciate that. And uh, we'll ask Miss Don if you just for a second or two, uh, while they're walking back, just think about the admonition. That, listen. Look up, put your trust in Him, declare His goodness. Isn't that good? That's a good, that's a good three admonitions to, to take out of here and to think about today. And Ms. Don, go ahead and turn that live stream off.